for tuning into our Soul Talks podcast. We're Christy and Bill Galtier. We have wonderful stories and insights from C.S. Lewis to share with you. He is one of the most influential Christian writers in history. This series is called Stepping into Narnia. Like the children in Lewis's famous fiction books, we all long to live in a world of beauty, adventure, intimacy with God, and fruitfulness for God. To me, Narnia is like the kingdom of the heavens. Yes, Lord Jesus, teach us more about living with you in your Father's world. We have so appreciated C.S. Lewis, his life, his writings, your very favorite movie and play. About his life, the the last years of his life, Shadowlands. Yes. We have watched that many times, both the movie over and over and the play a couple of times. And then last week, and you had a creative idea for us to read the book together of Shadowlands. I so enjoyed doing that. We read it out loud to each other. Yeah. How did that feel for you to just immerse yourself in the Shadowlands story, going to the play with our friends, reading the book? Yeah, well, it was good, especially, you know, having this whole talk about it and hearing from you. I know it's meant so much to you because you've, you know, in some ways really related with him. Yeah, because he was a real intellectual Christian, really earnest about knowing what is true and good and studying the the scriptures and the spiritual life and teaching other people and very hardworking and responsible, but uh, not very in touch with his feelings. No. He struggled to really experience things. Yeah. uh, Until... He met uh, Joy Gresham, one right. of his readers, who had been corresponding with him by letter. C.S. Lewis answered all of the letters that were written to him. He answered them by hand and really cared for people that way. And so he developed this pen pal relationship with Joy. And then she came out to visit him. And then over the course of time, they developed this relationship. Yeah, it's, it's an exciting story because it's never too late. And it's never too late. Here he was, you know, so intellectually accomplished and smart and intelligent. But he took courage to learn to really love and to feel and to press into that and not shut down from that, even though at first he tried. (laughs) Yeah, the first times I watched the Shadowlands movie, I cried just to see him come alive emotionally. And it just stirred my own heart, uh, warming me with God's presence and a, a great desire to be more emotionally alive myself, more engaged and more experiential. This was quite a long time ago, over 20 years ago. I'll never forget it. It was the first time I ever saw you shed a tear. Yeah. So we're very thankful for C.S. Lewis. And so we're in the middle of a, a series here on Soul Talks, talking about some of the great devotional masters of the past. And uh, our theme today is on C.S. Lewis the, uh, and his teachings on the unbusy leader. That's important. That's that's intriguing and engaging, Bill. Unbusy leader. We think of leaders as being busy. Yeah, that most being of a us, good thing, we think. Yeah, someone says, how are you? And we say, busy. Yeah. That's and that a, makes us feel important. Right. Yeah. Well, C.S. Lewis says, only lazy people work hard. Yeah, it's kind huh? of an oxymoron there. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? Only lazy people work hard. It doesn't make sense to us. Yeah. So we want to talk to you and your leadership, your ministry, those of you uh, who are serving the Lord. We're all serving the Lord in various ways, right? Whether uh, as a pastor, a Mm -hmm. small group leader, a parent, Christian worker, we all have responsibilities, things that we're doing. 
And uh, we get busy with these things. Mm-hmm. And we get hurried, moving fast through all of our responsibilities and rushing around and getting this to-do list that just keeps growing and trying to do so many things. And we can lose touch with the opportunity at hand in the moment to enjoy God and to enjoy people and to be be alive, to be prayerful. And that's where the best work comes, is out of that abiding in Christ. Mm-hmm. But it, it takes a humbling ourselves and not trying to, you know, make ourselves feel good or important or not trying to earn worth or value or attention. So this topic is a really big deal for me. I'm sure our listeners can can guess that it's uh, rather autobiographical here for me. And just want to read some things from uh, one of C.S. Lewis's great books, uh, Mere Christianity, here, and we'll talk a little bit about this. Great. So C.S. Lewis says, Teachers will tell you that the laziest boy in the class is the one who works the hardest in the end. Hmm. They mean this. If you give two boys, say, a proposition in geometry to do something, the one who is prepared to take trouble will try to understand it. The lazy boy will try to learn it by heart, that's to memorize it, because for the moment that needs less effort. But six months later, when they are preparing for an exam, the lazy boy is doing hours and hours of miserable drudgery over things the other boy understands and positively enjoys in a few minutes, because he studied it, he learned it, he understood the the concept. So laziness means more work in the long run. Well, I'm a little more guilty of being the lazy boy when it comes to study than you are. <laughs> yeah, well, sometimes I take shortcuts too, you know, I just want to get through something and, you know, memorize it. But if we really take the time to understand why and understand the, the, the precept, the, the concepts behind something and understand the, be strategic about, you know, our efficiencies, it, it really does help us. And of course, the parallel in the spiritual life is huge, right? Yes. Tell me more of your thoughts about that. Well, Paul teaches us uh, to train ourselves in the ways of godliness and to present our bodies to the Lord as a living sacrifice by you know, renewing our minds. Uh, he compares the spiritual life to, to running a race and being, being like an athlete. And he's talking about discipline, the value of discipline. Mm-hmm. And when we do some exercises to grow in our spiritual lives, in our, in our relationship with God and his love, it makes everything else in life easier. That's true. So the discipline itself is work, but then it enables delightful experience. It enables the capacity to, in greater capacities to accomplish things. And so we see this musicians and athletes and, and in our own lives, hopefully we can see this in areas that we've studied or learned or trained, maybe in our jobs or in our, our families even, and how we're able to do certain things well making a meal, perhaps, or engaging in a meaningful conversation with somebody. These things come not just naturally, but through preparations and practice and so forth. So we become a certain kind of person that then we can do what we've trained with joy and and with freedom and celebration. Well, I love that, honey. I've seen you live into that, and I've seen you... Well, you tell stories about this in Easy Yoke, Your Best Life in Jesus Easy Yoke. About your training with Jesus, spiritual disciplines, and character. This just—it's really my life story that I've historically been stressed and straining and anxious uh, because I take things seriously and I try hard and I'm a perfectionist and 
you know, learn not to judge myself for those things and to see, well, there's a good side to that, but then there's the side where I can get stressed out about mm-hmm. things. And so I've practiced and learned some disciplines of grace and joy and peace and trained this into my body and into my, my schedule so that that helps me to live in the easy yoke of Jesus. And I've, I've found that, like C.S. Lewis's teaching here, we get more work done. The easy yoke isn't just about going away and having fun and relaxing. It's about pulling a plow across a field to get work done in the Lord's field, serving him. So I see you reminding yourself of C.S. Lewis saying here, at times when you are tempted especially to be busy. Yeah, one of the ways I do that is I've got this new Fitbit watch that my uh, friend Steve Harper gave me. I'm so thankful for Steve and Nancy out in Cleveland listen to Soul Talks. And, Hi, uh, Steve and Nancy. We love you and appreciate you. They're pastoring Grace Church in Cleveland, Ohio. So this little watch reminds me to get my steps in, to <laughs> be active, to move around, to because it's not good for your back and your health and well-being if you're sitting all the time. And I, I do, you know, sitting at the desk when I'm preparing yeah. things and, and reading and studying and so forth. And listening to people, I do a lot of interactions, conversations where I'm listening to people. And I can't very well get up and walk around while I'm in a counseling session. Although increasingly, I pastors that meet with me will take walks together. So I appreciate that. But getting up and, and moving around, it helps me to uh, step out of the intense concentration and to remember, oh yeah, pray the Lord about what I'm doing. And gee, it's a beautiful day and it feels good to move around. And so I'm working that more into my day with just, you know, going up and down the stairs a few times or walking down the hall or stepping outside for a little break. And and that helps me to uh, invigorate my work with my appreciation of God's presence. That's great. It's helped me too, as I have tried to apply this principle to thinking about taking time to be intentional, to connect with God and to be abide in him and to train, you know, to move with his spirit rather depending upon my own efforts and work. One of the ways you do that, honey, is in your morning prayer routine. And in Mere Christianity, C.S. Lewis says, the real problem of the Christian life comes where people do not usually look for it. It comes the very moment you wake up each morning. All your wishes and hopes for the day rush at you like wild animals. And the first job each morning consists simply in shoving them all back. So you can listen to that other voice. Take that other point of view. Let that other, larger, stronger, quieter life come flowing in. The life from the heavens. All day long, letting the presence of God wash over you. And it begins with how we set our mind and heart in the morning. That's so good, honey. What helps you to do that? Well, I often in the mornings will feel those wild animals jump on yeah. me. <laughs> and I, um, my instinct is to jump out of bed and, and start getting to work. That, that's the way I fight off <laughs> the wild animals. Them, huh? Yeah, <laughs> that, That's my nature, but I've learned to, to pray. And so there's two ways I do that. Sometimes I discipline myself to lay in bed, and I've often done that for half hour or an hour. Uh, as a way of just calming my body down and de-adrenalizing, uh, you know, not let that adrenaline take me over, and just to pray, to meditate on the Lord's Prayer, Psalm 23, uh, use the Apprentice Prayer in the Easy Yoke book that way, 
the other way I do this is I'll get up and I'll brush my teeth and, and begin to get ready. But while I do that, I do it slowly and I pray and I talk to the Lord. And so just getting my mind set like he's talking about is so, so helpful. Well, I also think sometimes, though, that you have to get your body moving in order to really tune in to God and really discipline yourself not to go after those wild animals by getting out and walking or jogging. It seems like that sometimes you need that, too, in addition, especially because we work at home. So all the wild animals are right here in our house (laughs) screaming at us and making their noises. One of them just jumped on your lap right That's true. Charlie did. (laughs) (laughs) He's he's not so wild. He's he's pretty cuddly. (laughs) He's not much work either. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you're you're right. Getting outside for a prayer walk or a jog, that's that's my sweet spot to connect with the Lord, you know, run around the lake and really helps me be at peace. And if, I, if I'm not in the easy yoke, that'll usually get me there. Get my body moving, makes it easier to, to quiet my mind in God's presence and appreciate him and, and being in beauty, you know, so, so yeah. helpful. Yeah. Well, I, I can relate to that too, but then there's other times when I more need to just linger in bed and stay in the relaxed state that my body's in because I know once I get up, I'm never going to achieve that state of relaxation again. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes that can be the best time for me to really focus on the Lord and listen to him and just try to abandon all those things and just put strong boundaries on my thoughts of engaging with what I need to do. And instead just really rest in the Lord and listen to him, be open to him. I see you doing that in the mornings because uh, usually I'm up, up before you and uh, I've learned this thankfully very early in our marriage not to get you up and get you going. Thank you for that. <laughs> I appreciate that. You've kind of respected that that's a sanctuary time and place for me. Yeah. I learned that my, my desire to energize you was experienced as hurtful yeah. and controlling and judgmental. It was a wild animal coming at me. Yeah. In the form of your husband. <laughs> So I've learned to be very quiet in the yeah. mornings and Thank to just you. celebrate that, well, Christy's resting in the Lord. She's praying. It's good for her body and her soul. I know you pray for me and for I our do. kids and our yeah. ministry. It helps me to pray about those wild animals in bed. You know, I'm doing watching and praying there in the morning before I get up to face them. I'm sure that I have less attacks from wild animals because of your laying in bed praying for me. Well, it's my privilege to do that. And, you know, I love C.S. Lewis says, he says this in Shadowlands, I pray because I must. I can't help myself. I can't keep from it. Mm -hmm. I'm compelled to. And I so relate to that, honey. I mean, yes, I'm praying for you because I love you. But I'm also praying for you selfishly because, you know, I'm I'm compelled to want to fight off those wild animals in prayer for you. Sometimes they bite you. Yeah, (laughs) they do. (laughs) Yeah, so there was a pastor who was uh, reflecting on C.S. Lewis's teaching here about being unbusy, disciplining ourselves uh, in, in the Lord, uh, in that it's lazy not to do that. And so the pastor says, uh, I am busy because I am lazy. Wow, this statement hit me right between the eyes. I thought busyness and laziness were polar opposites. After mm-hmm. all, some people see me as type A, driven, and perhaps borderline workaholic personality. How can I be accused of laziness? I am so busy, I don't know where to turn. I'm so consumed by the needs of others and of the church that I don't even take time to adequately care for my own spiritual, relational, physical, and emotional needs. Mm. I feel like a pinball 
bouncing around out of control because of all the external demands and forces of my environment. God help me, I am a busy person. Mm, How do you feel reading that? Well, I relate. I'm like, wow, I've, I think I lived, you know, most of my adulthood that way, feeling that way, just stressed, anxious, pulled here, pulled there, and uh, adrenalized to try to accomplish it all. And, you know, it's exhausting. You, you collapse yeah. at the end of the day, then you get up and do it again. And I feel grateful because mostly I don't relate to that. I certainly feel the temptation. I certainly have lots of responsibility. And in one sense, you would say that I'm busy. But I actually work very hard not to be busy. Tell me more about that. Well, I try to prioritize my time and make spaces to reflect and pray about the best uses of my time. And I I get away from my work on walks and hikes and Sabbath days and times of conversation with you or with my uh, ministry coach that I meet with who, who guides me and cares for me. And with our board, of course, to try to be strategic in how I use my time so that I'm not just in this whirlwind of activity. See, that's what this pastor is talking about. He's in this pinball machine, and he's he's the ball bouncing around there, bang, bang, you know, here, there, and being pulled around by the needs of people and the projects that need to be done. Yeah, and I'm thinking of James 1 talking about, you know, without faith, without how it tosses us to and fro and how it takes faith for us to set these boundaries on busyness. We have to really, when we pray and ask the Lord to guide us, often I'll hear you say, well, I feel like I've got too much to do, but God wouldn't give me too much to do. He wouldn't give me more than I Mm -hmm. could do healthily in a day. He wouldn't give me more to do than I could do while loving him and you. And so you'll ask yourself that question and you'll say, so what am I doing? that God hasn't given me to do. And then with faith, you listen. Well, That's Sabbath true. days, you know, where, where we do no work, and we do that together every week. We take a Sabbath day. That's a great reminder of that because you're unplugging and you're disconnecting, and you always feel like there's work that needs to be done. And it's so easy to make an exception. Well, I'm going to work on this Sabbath day. But to not do that as a way of saying, no, God's in charge, and he's getting the real work done. It's and, a training. Yeah, and it's a reminder that uh, I need to not overwork. So this pastor in his reflection continues and says, um, instead of just working harder and longer, I need to work smart. See, that's what we're talking about. I need to focus on doing that which is essential for me to do in order to produce fruit. For instance, he says, I need to spend more time in prayerful planning to mark out the times for prayer. And his calendar he's talking about Mm -hmm. now. The times for reading, for leisure, for solitude and silence, out of which creative work can issue. That's so good. You see, that's smart, fruitful working, whether you're a pastor or a mom with preschool kids, whether you're you know working in, in a business or working in a school, whether you're listening to people as a spiritual director, you know, or you're, you're out selling things to people, whatever we're doing, we can do it in the easy yoke of Jesus if we will step aside from our work to talk to somebody who can help us, to, to pray, to reflect, to journal, and to prioritize, and to then get into a flow now where we, you know, God helping us as we learn over time to live out those priorities so we're not just 
being pulled here and there by what people want from us or the, the press of all the things that there are to do. And we all have that press. Even if we're retired, mm-hmm. we have, there's, just, there's a to-do list. There's yeah. stuff that we want to do. And we can get caught in this whirlwind where we're, we're not really living uh, intentionally. We're not uh, directed by the Holy Spirit like we could be. And it's not as fruitful. It's not as enjoyable. And so that's what C.S. Lewis is talking about when he talks about the unbusy leader. Jesus, thank you for giving us this vision. Again, speaking to our hearts about your desires for us to live lives of peace and enjoy your rest while we work, working with you, walking with you, keeping company with you. You show us how to take a real rest, how to learn your rhythms of grace and your easy yoke. We pray for our listeners, Lord, that you would Mm -hmm. guide them in this process and protect them from the accuser's attacks to strum up guilt or shame. Lord, we pray and ask that instead they would hear your gentle invitation with a smile to them to come near and to learn from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Yes, Lord. Grace to our listeners. Amen. Thanks for sharing Soul Talks with your friends. The message is getting out in just over one year. We've surpassed 50,000 downloads. You can continue to help us grow this community by using the share button on your podcast app or iTunes. Also, all of our podcast episodes are on soulshepherding.org, so you can paste the link into an email. We're loving hearing your comments and questions. You can connect with us on our website, on social media, or by replying to our weekly Soul Shepherding devotional email. We look forward to stepping into Narnia with you again next week. 